This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Frizz fan listeners, and welcome to episode 157 of the Radio Frizz fan podcast, a horse heresy wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Derek here. Let's say what's going on, Derek. Hey, that's me. I'm Derek. That's actually I'm going to say powerful Derek. I don't. I don't. We had audio issues. We were trying to figure out like it was crazy because we'd start recording, then just cut out, and it just. Dude, we've done this opening like twice already. Yeah, it tests just fine. And we're like, all right, cool. And then we hit the button to go record, and then just nothing. I think it's a bad USB cable that came with the highly coveted and highly <laughs> sold uh, Hovercam Solo 8. Uh, <laughs> I got a bad USB cable. The, the prevailing theory is that these were bought in bulk from a school auction and then sold individually. So take with that what you may. Yeah, you see that bad boy busted. Oh, the sleeve just came right off that thing. Yeah. So that thing was cutting in and out of video, and I think what was happening is it kept uh, trying to connect itself while we were recording, and then it would kill it. So now we've got it disconnected, and life seems to be... I mean, we're recording. We're going. Yeah, things just keep working. So if we have weird audio issues, well, I mean, it happens. Life happens. So pro tip, if you've got that uh, Hovercam Solo 8, Check the audio cable if you start having problems with it. Yeah, it's or just the, a the USB. USB. So what would you call that kind of USB with the extra little like... Because it's like a USB like 1.0, right? The square. But it has like an extra port on top of it. I think it's a Type 3 cable or something they call it. Maybe. I wouldn't know. Either way. Uh, or a USB 3.0 or something like that. Okay. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Hey, guys. What's going on? We got a great episode for you guys. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> really threw us off this episode, but we're back. We're back. We have an excellent episode planned for you guys. We've got some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, we're definitely going to go ahead and uh, talk about the May painting competition, which is going on right now. We're going to yeah. talk about the April winner in the painting Ooh. competition. Uh, we got a voicemail we want you guys to listen to. Some hobby progress, and uh, we went to an event called Alamo GT. We're going to talk about some of the Heresy stuff that went on. at the Alamo. Heresy at the Alamo, run by powerful, powerful Seth. So, what, a, what a good dude. What a great dude. So, first off, guys, May painting competition in the Discord. This month, the uh, category is large model. So, 60 millimeter base and higher. Yeah, so that and means things too big for bases. Yeah, so like your tanks, your flyers, your primarchs, your demon primarchs, uh, titans. Bro, I, I've seen two thunderhawks entered already. <laughs> there's two. Th- <laughs> there are in fact two thunderhawks entered into this competition. At least one mastodon. A mastodon's in there. I mean, it's it, things are getting weird in some, this competition. Some, some brave contemptors. Yeah, man, and uh, at, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like. Uh, you go big or go home because it's like it, it just gets you motivated to paint it up. And I mean, all I know is my little predator annihilator <laughs> that I submitted doesn't have a whole bunch of meat in the game when it comes to somebody bringing a mastodon. Hey, but it's just more real estate they got to paint. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm playing the safe game. 
So that being said, uh, it's in the Discord. Our Discord link is inside of our uh, Facebook page. I do want to say April's winner was finally announced on the 7th, and that was powerful, powerful uh, Kieran D over in Australia. With the the hottest of Emperor's Children Prey Tours. Beautiful, beautiful Emperor's Children Prey Tour. If you guys want to see it, we are putting together a museum of sorts in the uh in the discord and, and we'll have that uh we'll have that praetor up and there uh he did want to man i don't really know i, I did get 50 dollars to his local and by the way it's 50 dollars american which translates to a little bit more in australia where he's from yeah so it worked out i don't it worked out pretty well for him i guess uh but he wanted to donate to an art that's called the art shop where he's from Okay. And he's like, he's like, I buy all my art supplies from here. And so, uh, contacted them. Dude, they were totally cool with like, yeah, we'll just sell them a gift card. And they emailed him a gift card. Hell yeah. So super happy with that, how that worked out. And, uh, Karen has been a long time listener of the podcast, a long time, uh, uh, fan supporter. Um, I didn't remember the community. I did not know it was him. Oh, I didn't know. And I, and I asked him, I was like, I, I, I sent him a message. I was like, Hey, Raptor Imperialis, what's your, uh, what's your real name? And he goes, Kieran. And like, I felt like I sent him this gif of like a man hugging a boy. Like, <laughs> oh, it's Kieran. No. <laughs> I didn't know. It was you the whole time. <laughs> so super happy Kieran won, man. It was, a, uh, and I, I think it was kind of unanimous on the votes there, right? Oh it, yeah. Everybody saw that, like saw his finished post is like, well, I mean, here's what I did, but there was definitely a, a very close second, and I think we might have to start doing a second place and possibly even third place. I mean, if we get enough entries, that might be feasible. Yeah, because uh, uh, there was a a very close second, which was a very nice uh, OSL flame like uh, oh, jump yeah. marine. It was, it was pretty nice. It was hot. So. Uh, that being said, that was April. We are moved on to May. I know it's a little bit, it's a, it's a 10th, but guys, uh, get that tank put up there. Clock's I can't, ticking. I can't imagine it takes you 21 days to paint a tank, but Comma Derek, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to, I'll get into it with my hobby progress. I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to be painting. So, but yeah, do you get in that discord? Go check that out. It is, uh, our, our monthly painting competition. It keeps you motivated. Um, I do like seeing some of the work in progress that's going on. Oh yeah, um, everybody's having a good time. Uh, did you you enter this month, right? I've not entered anything yet. Okay, you have plans to enter something? Uh, I do. I, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing. Okay, there's gonna be a knight showing up in there. I mean, probably. You can take home that Atropos back there. You can have that Atropos to start your knights, even though you got knights. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about that. <laughs> you know. There, there, there may have been uh, Atropos talk thrown around when I was uh, trying to build what I'm doing with knights. Well, there's one right behind you. You can have it. It's free. It's, he's like he's primed in bolt gun metal. So, all right. So I have to take that off. What? <laughs> he's well. He's supposed to be either unpainted or just primed, right? Yeah, that's prime. That would count. Yeah, it's just prime metal. It's okay. fine. It's one all color. Right. It'll be good. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you'll be fine. We'll, we'll all be fine. So, uh, uh, so yeah, no, that's exciting. Um, I'm, I'm doing a predator. I'm doing a predator that I got from powerful Seth as my, like just, you know, spoiler alert, uh, from Alamo. Um, that was my prize in Alamo. Nice. A predator. 
I had nice. 18 predators. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's like rain on your wedding day. And uh, the guy. It's like free lunch when you've already paid. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the guy, Calvin, that was there who had uh, nine death storm drop pods. Uh, won a drop pod. <laughs> so nice. Seth, Seth, <laughs> sense of humor on that guy. He, uh, he definitely, <laughs> he definitely paired the, uh, the prizes appropriately. So, uh, I did get that interdone. So I'm, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a, I've got it up in red. So, okay. I'm slowly working on it. We'll talk about that in hobby progress yeah. here in a bit. Uh, that being said, uh, we do have a, voicemail from powerful Kurt. Ooh. So let us see. And the, by the way, guys, uh, up. see what he's been up to. This is a voicemail that was sent over Facebook messenger and recorded. Didn't go to the voicemail line because of, you know, That's long distance we, fees this is how he chose to do it. Yeah. So if you want to send in a voicemail, you could always call it in at three, six, one, Two six five eight six five eight, and that number is on our Facebook. If you need to look that up, or you could reach out like uh, like Kurt did. You can reach out over Discord. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, over Facebook Messenger. You know, there's a Discord actually has. They actually just added the voice feature now. Yeah, I saw that. So uh, I use that quite a bit in my like text message life. So mm-hmm. you know, now it's a uh, like, like to send voice messages or do voice to text. Yeah, voice messages. Okay. Like I sent one to uh, a powerful Will the other day. There so, yeah, that has now been added to Discord, everybody. Hell yeah. So, let us see what Kurt has to say. G'day, guys. Oh, no. Okay, Uh-oh. so don't turn my phone sideways. Chanko from Australia. I'm a couple of episodes behind, but I thought I'd give you uh, a bit of a story. Um, I know you were discussing the Wizards issue with the Pinkerton's team. Um, <laughs> but I had a friend um, who came from the States, who's now in Australia now, and I work with him. And he um, advised that a good few years ago, he had uh, he had dropped one of the, the larger Wizard um, IP infringements um, when he'd somehow got his hands on a new release. Um, he did a complete... Uh, how should we say, uh, release online um, of this complete new set. I think he may even sold some stuff on the side. Um, But he got a bit of a knock on the door, even some phone calls um, from some personnel at Wizard um, who had more or less uh, passively um, said that uh, they knew some very strong details about him, knowing what was in items in his house, uh, location, family members, um, and yeah, very much passively uh, had some threats that they uh, very much dropped to him to kind of let his thing go. So this was a few years ago, uh, but it still seems the wizard guys are, are on the uh, this dangerous road um, when it comes to lost some of their IP infringements and such. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for everything you guys do. Um, love to get Ryan and Scott um, on, even if it's not to talk hobby, but just a general chat. I love to hear those guys. Uh, but yeah, thanks again from Australia. Oh my goodness! And and and, uh, and on the Ryan and Scott talk, guys, uh, I, I've definitely, uh, you know, it's a possibility. Definitely a possibility. I, I we're getting that quite a bit. So uh, oh yeah. Uh, we will get something worked out for y'all, but back to the 
the Wizards of the Coast and uh, shaking people down. I wonder what he means. Like what? Like they told him where stuff was in the house. I don't know. You know how like Amazon picked up Roomba. Yes. So now Amazon can just pull up your Roomba's like map of your house. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the Pinkertons have access to that? I don't know. I guess Wizards of the Coast. So presumably, if he's got a pre-release of stuff that he's. Then I guess alluded that sounds like he shipped it online. Like you started selling it before the street date. Sign me up. I do that all day. I bought it. It's mine. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your life. I, mean, I didn't make an agreement with the with the de- salespeople. Depending on how early he got that, maybe he's they he's been on their radar, and maybe he just you know posts posts some content. And it's a little not as careful as he should be. All right. Let's say that. Um, Let's say that you were, let's say you ordered a, um, let's say you ordered a unit of assault Marines and all of a sudden you got sent a unit of Mark two assault Marines. Yeah. On accident. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, games workshop comes to your door. James workshop, himself. James workshop himself and says, uh, Mr. Sullivan, uh, we're going to need those assault Marines back. Uh, we saw that you did a review on them. Everybody knows about them now, but we need them back. What's what are you gonna do? Well, so James Workshop gets a, a fine. How do you do? And welcome to Texas, because <laughs> they they probably are like sitting some <laughs> British guy. <laughs> so like, I mean, I'll. <laughs> it's like a, a knock at your door, like. Oh, Mr. <laughs> right then, mate. <laughs> All right, you know, then. You know, you, you know what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen uh, Salt Marines, isn't it? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> we saw them with Salt Marines, Gov. <laughs> some, someone was going to. Might as well have been us. <laughs> oh, man. There's no way. There's no. I mean, dude, I'd sell them back to James. Like, I'd let him buy them back. But, I mean, it'd be substantial. It'd be a, hey, man, I'd rather keep these and have a great story to tell everybody like this guy clearly did. But uh, we'd, we'd have some serious talks before I'm giving up any sort of uh, any sort of pre-release model they screwed up on. Yeah, at that point, it's a, well, you're, you're welcome to talk to my lawyer. I'd be like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> actually, uh so a lot of you people don't know me and Derek live in the same town and we have a little person in our town called, I don't know, uh, Sheriff Tom O'Connor. <laughs> and, and if you guys don't know, he's, uh, he doesn't play around with, uh, with, uh, any, any sort of nonsense. Uh, he's, uh, definitely, definitely somebody you so, want to have on your side of law enforcement. Uh, he definitely looks like, one of the sheriffs or sheriff's deputies from any Western you've seen. Yep. That's our sheriff. And, uh, he, he takes that title very seriously. Yeah. He actually got, a uh, uh, accepted into like the marshal service at some point as well. He, yeah. He's hardcore. He's, we got a hardcore sheriff. So I'd be like, hold on one second. Let me go get Mr. O'Connor on his way. <laughs> let, me <make> a, <laughs> yeah, let me make a phone call. 
<laughs> hey, Mr. O'Connor, I have some... Uh, <laughs> I've got some big government types here trying to strong arm <laughs> me for my personal property. <laughs> well, you got to let the U.S. government take its toll. No, they're British. <laughs> you, you oh, can- my. Click. <laughs> No, sir, they're foreigners. <laughs> He's over here so quick. I don't well, know. Well, man. James, can I offer you some tea? <laughs> Iced? <laughs> Sweet? <laughs> it would be a very interesting situation. I could not imagine that. I couldn't imagine the Pinkertons would go over very well either. Like, there's I, no way. Like I said, it just kind of depends on the house, depends on how they ask. <laughs> So just some friendly advice. If you're going to accidentally send some stuff, don't send it to Texas because some bad things might happen. Yeah, it's one thing if this person was like, like they were a vendor and they broke street date on it, then that does open themselves up depending on what their contract was. But me as a private citizen, like if I ordered some stuff from the company and the company sent me the wrong thing, sucks to suck. (laughs) I had a conversation the other day. Uh, so like I've been, I've been playing a little bit of Legion, you know? Yeah. And there's the new set that I can't remember what it's called. Uh, yeah, it's the one it's got like Anakin and, uh, uh, I know it had a base of like three B ones on it. Yeah. It's, it's the starter set for that game, whatever it is. Right. Right. And, uh, one of the vendors I was talking to, I was like, uh, I was like, Hey, when is that release? He's like June. I was like, oh, when do you start selling it? He goes, you got money right now? What's up? <laughs> like, I mean, it depends. You got cash? And the first thought I had was like, man, I uh, <laughs> I don't really. Is that Wizards, right? That's what, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, is that Wizards? Uh, I thought it was Fantasy Flight. It, I think it is Fantasy Flight. But e- either way, it was. <laughs> it's definitely, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to pass. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe not in this climate. I'm not trying to roll that, those dice right now. But... So how many boxes did you buy? <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. I got the unreleased Ahsoka too. <laughs> um, so no, thank you for calling in, Kurt. Uh, guys, obviously, if you guys want to send in a voicemail like that, we love it. Uh, anything that's anything that's on your mind, send it in to us. Uh, we are glad to play it. We do not screen these, so not at all. We're so. not about to start. <laughs> we can't. So uh, let us jump into some hobby progress, Derek. All right. So uh, I've had some like real life stuff I've been dealing with the past week, week and a half or so. So I haven't had a lot of time to sit down and crunch out stuff. Where I'm at right now is the boring part of Ultramarines. I'm just doing medals and golds. Uh, golds I'm done on everybody. I think I still need to hit my uh, heavy weapons team. Mm-hmm. Like they were last because I was like, am I going to switch these out for last cannons? Because the missile launchers don't do anything. Like in every game I've played, I don't know that those missile launchers did actually anything. And this was a full missile launcher team? Yeah, 10 man squad with missile launchers. Oh, I got you. And it's great if you're shooting them at uh, militia. Yeah. You're shooting them at sentinels. They're great. But otherwise, yeah. They're Uh, just like, ow, ow, ow. Yeah, the the strength nine with Sunder would be a huge boon, but at the same time, it kind of seems like everybody is just running a whole bunch of last cannon teams. Like if you want to be, like if you want to run a good list, hey, ten man last cannon squads are really good. They'll take I, care of whatever you shoot them at. Didn't we see that in V one at one point? I thought that was a thing. Like I clearly remember last cannon teams being a thing. I, I at I, this point I don't know because it's very meta right now. 
Like oh, yeah. la- last cannon teams is very meta. Yeah, reactions really buff units like that. Yeah, I just uh I don't uh, uh I don't recall if the, that was a thing they, last They were edition. never not good. Yeah, no, like just that many last can I mean, but like last cannons just got so much better. They got Sunder added on to them now and reactions, so if you do accidentally tag that unit, they're firing back on at you. I think there's there might be some uh I think because uh, they're not relentless. No, and not, not natively. Yeah, I think there might possibly need to be. I don't know. Maybe I'm just salty because I'm coming off of a, <laughs> a last cannon team absolutely ruining my army. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but either way, either way, it's a. Uh, it, I remember it being a thing, and I feel like the meta is going to move into fixing them. I feel like there's going to be like some conversion beamer dreadnoughts to blast and blind a last cannon team or a whirlwind scorpius behind a land raider so you can't see it yeah i mean anything anything's coming i feel like there's there's stuff on the way to deal with that but it is one of those things that needs to get dealt with now you should plan to face at least one of those uh, yeah just keep it in mind that's a thing people bring them are you bringing them are you switching over i mean at this point you may as well join the dark side right i mean what i'm thinking is i'm tired of looking at these and i want to get these like done and off my desk so and these are your missile launcher boys yeah i'm probably just gonna keep with what they got and uh god bless them they're just not gonna do anything okay they're gonna shoot missiles at stuff and nothing's gonna happen fair enough uh other than that just chewing through the the long boring task of painting all this infantry i've been thinking about what i want to do with my knights and militia uh-huh, uh-huh. So I was going through every unit in militia. Just be like, okay, how how can I see this in this force? So the the kind of thing I'm going for is this like nightly, like a household support. So it's got it's knights who are not in the suits. Okay. So like guys who are trying to like get to the point where they get elevated to the position of a scion. So I was looking at that, and I think I'm gonna run either. So I'm gonna the. Providences I'm going to run is the one that gives them feel no pain and makes them ally with Mechanicum because I'm going to be allying them with Knights. So to me, it just makes sense that they'd be allied with Mechanicum. That also gives them a little extra toughness for like the armor. Just having that six up feel no pain. But anything that's going to be strength six punches right through that because like a plasma gun doesn't care about your actual like armor. No. And then I was back and forth between Warrior Elite, which gives me bonus to my leadership and lets me take Grenadiers as compulsory. But I think I'm going to switch that to Clan Folk Levy so I can take the cavalry squads as compulsory troops and it gives them plus one leadership. Okay. And I, I haven't looked at the book, but do you know if there are any toughness addition for the cavalry units? Are they? I believe they're still strength three. I got it right here. I can pull it up. Or I guess toughness three. Cavalry squad is still toughness three. Okay. Bummer. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So they are still getting, uh, they're not getting the feel no pain because you're doubling their toughness with like plasma guns and yeah, this stuff that was assault cannons and yeah, assault cannons would be a real problem. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) But I just have the mental image of like a knight lancer or something outflanking with a bunch of like horses just leading that charge. That'd be great. Yeah. So I'm thinking I take five units of those with the spears. I, I can't justify taking the melta lance. Why? I mean, it's what's what don't you like about it? Uh, it's one use. Okay. It's not Melta. 
Okay. It's just Lance. So it's a like a when you say Lance, do you mean the Lance it, rule yes, where like it It has the Lance rule. And what's the what well, I mean that's pretty good when you consider stuff that like has flare shields and stuff like that, right? I mean, you'd think that, but I've, if you only get one in the unit and their weapon skill 3 versus weapon skill nada. So they're still hitting on threes, aren't they? Weapon skill one versus weapon skill three, you're still hitting on twos? I mean, yeah. I'm just... I mean, if you're using it on a vehicle... For the, for the same points, or maybe for like a little bit more points, I can get a full-blown melta gun. But then you have ballistic skill three. So you're hitting on fours. Either way, it's one shot. Either... I think I did. I think I'd go for the lance. What's the strength of the melta lance? Do you have that? Uh... Dude, it got cut off on the copy I got. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. But it's, it's like plus one strength versus the regular Militia Lance. So it'd be like strength four? No? Well, no, the, the Militia Lance is strength, I think, six. And the oh, Militia okay. Lance is strength seven. Yeah. Oh, but, oh, strength seven, but it's not Melta. It's not Armor Bane, anything like that? No. It is not even, it's not a Melta Bomb. Oh, oh, ew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just give me a Melta Gun at that point. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, you're thinking it's a Melta Bomb on a stick. It is not. Man. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I think I might just throw a melta gun on that guy and call it a day. Yeah. You may. Yeah. I would. And then only one in five can take that special like option. So instead of taking two units of like fifteen, like my normal force organization chart would allow, I'm thinking I take the one compulsory, and then that same provenance gives me four extra fast attack slots that can only be used for militia or for the uh, cavalry. Okay. So I take like five units of five. And a bunch of Melta guns in there? Yeah, just a Melta gun in each squad. And are they, because they're cavalry, right? Are they like super fast? Are they moving like 15 inches a turn? Like, <laughs> I think they're moving like 10. Eh, it's not uh, 14. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's serious. Movement 14. Yeah, that's big because once you hit movement 14, you get plus three to your charge. That is faster than well, about it's two inches slower than a land speeder. So that's pretty dang quick, dude. Oh, yeah, these dudes haul. And can they outflank? They sure can. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> I mean, it's a single, la a single melt gun, but it's still, you know, I mean, yeah. And then breaking them into five squads now makes it a little bit more difficult to take them out with your uh, interceptor. Yeah. Because you have to go unit by unit instead of just a squadron of assault cannons tearing up a unit of 15 of them. And you only get so many reactions a turn. So, I mean, yeah. even if you do ice an entire squad, it's still... Unless everything you have has augury scanners. Which is possible. Which is possible. Definitely saw that this weekend. That is, that is a real concern for the uh, drop pod players. But yeah, so I was going through unit by unit. I like, thematically, I like the Beastmaster unit. So it's it's uh, militia beast handlers, and each handler can bring one animal, either like a mastiff, a cat, a gator, or a falcon. Yeah, the gator thing's weird to me, but okay. To me, it seems like that's meant to exploit majority toughness, because they're toughness five. Okay. They get, uh, the caiman gets feel no pain five up. The raptor gets... Uh, shrouded four up, which is the bird. Yeah. Uh, but thematically, I like the idea of like the hunting dogs and like the falconers uh -huh. for like this night aesthetic, this like nobility. But okay. I don't know what this unit's meant to do. Like I'm trying to wrap my head around it. It's like maybe you charge a unit with the gators and they just don't die. 
and then that ties stuff up for you to get something else in there. But and then there's the whole part point of like getting it there in the first place, right? Like, yeah, it's just. I'm probably going to end up making them because I'm silly like that, but I don't know what the unit's meant to do, and I guess I'll be able to figure that out. We'll run some battle sim. Are you going to do like some of those like uh, old school like nobility like French dogs, those like like Great Dane looking dogs? Maybe I haven't uh, I haven't really started looking into that yet. I know the I think the aesthetic I'm going to go for is the Maker's Cult feudal feudal guard. Uh huh. Because they've got that like Bretonian aesthetic, but they're holding las guns. And that, I think that's just funny to me. It's not quite the uh, the Night Scion aesthetic that I was trying to find, but it's pretty close. I love it. That sounds... <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you should make a bunch of, uh, like, a bunch of beagles or, like, foxhounds. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, I might. You don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I've just been, like, crafting through that list trying to figure out where on the slider I want between knights and militia. So mm-hmm. if knights end up being what they were last edition, then I can just move over and build more militia. So you're afraid that your knights are going to be too strong. I'm not saying I'm afraid of that. I'm just preparing for... Because like right now, dreadnoughts are a lot to handle, right? Mm-hmm. Well, armagers work like dreadnoughts. Okay. Now, they're not two up with a five up invul. They're okay. not tough. They might be tough in seven shit. I've yet to like do a deep dive into knights. I feel like they are toughness seven, but they're not two up armor safe. No, I want to say they're three up, but I mean, hang on, I got the book right here. Warglave is three up save, toughness seven, six wounds. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's not un- unbeatable. Like, contemptors run around with a two up, that eats yeah. my lunch all the time. Yeah, dude. two up on dreadnoughts was, I think, I think that was a mistake. And then Leviathan's two up, eat my lunch all day. They're four up, eat my lunch all day. They were a, a problem. So, but I mean, you yeah. know, I took care of it <laughs> as you do. But yeah, and I don't want to just spam armagers, but I also kind of have to. Yeah, no, it's your I troops. Two armagers per non-armager knight. And then thematically, I was going to flavor them around the uh, night houses of how of the night world Deutonis. That's no idea. Was, it's, it's, it comes up in the Knights Codex. There's two different night houses on the planet that are like rivals okay. to the point of almost open conflict. And the Forge World Lucius has to like keep them from fighting. And there's been a couple of times where they just sent the Legio Astorum to like get them to stop their shit. They just put a, a Reaver on the planet. Yeah. I gotcha. So I was thinking of like theming those two around uh, the House Capulet and House Montague from Romeo and Juliet. Perfect. And then have, I think, the Capulet-themed one be, like, the Questor Imperialis, where it's, like, this knightly, very, very choleric, like, like hot-blooded force. I love it. And then I was looking at how I would do the other one, the Questor Mechanicum. And the main problem there is you can't ally Mechanicum with itself and all of your Divisio Tactica, like, different types of Mechanicum. They do all count as Mechanicum. So you cannot ally them unless you have an Archmandrite, which is like an upgrade for your Archmagos. Right. So what I might do for that is just run it straight Mechanicum and just take a bunch of Moirax and just take one Knight, like a Profiron. Or yeah. a, uh, or I was thinking either like the Asterix or probably an Atropos. Because, man, I love the Atropos. You have a a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of model purchases in your future, there, buddy. 
Yeah. But I also did pick up today a bottle of Soriatech Tenacious. Oh, there you go. So I'm looking to start experimenting with that to get that like super dope, flexible, non-destructible resin. That's an easy 80 bucks right there. <laughs> hey, but if I'm looking at printing dudes on horses with lances, yeah. I don't have time for these things to be shattering. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get you, I get you. <laughs> I don't know if you've messed around with the uh, Sunlu ABS here recently, but uh, they have definitely upped their game. That's what I hear. I, I have not messed with ABS-like. I do hear that the Soriatech Tenacious is like... The gold the, standard. That's the holy grail right there. Yeah, it's good once, once you get that mix right, that stuff is just magic. Yeah, powerful, uh, powerful Calvin will lead you in the right way if you have questions, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, straight up. He, he gave me the formula at Warzone, and it's just been like, wrote that down, folded it up, threw it in a bottle, and I keep it in a safe. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what I've been up to. What about you? Oh, man. Uh, so, as per every event I've ever been to in my entire life. You uh, say you're going to be ready. It's not going to be like last time. Yeah, dude. And every time you're wrong. Well, like what's crazy is and what makes it like so weird is like there was absolutely no reason that I should have been working until like the last minute on this stuff. Like I had like a majority of my models painted, mm -hmm. but like for some reason, like it, I was sabotaging myself and I don't know how, like it was kind of one of those things where I was like, yeah, I just got these things I need to print up and like dry brush real quick. We'll be okay. And then I'm like, open my eyes and I'm literally painting B one battle droids. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? Like I Tyler is Tyler doing this to you? Uh, dude, I don't know. I have no idea. Like I, I 100%, it was like two days before the event. And like, I have painted B one battle droids and I was like, Oh, I want to try this new method. So I ordered soft tone from army painter. And like I was painting, I reprimed over my painted B one battle droids oh, and God. repainted B one battle droids. Oh, no, I already no. had painted. Like why I have no idea. I, and I'm not, I didn't oh. know, I'm not like I, every game I've ever played on uh for Legion has been on tabletop simulator. <laughs> and so I don't know why I painted B one battle droids. Like I just look, I get it. Sometimes you need a break from like a big project. It was a curse. Like I have no, it's a curse. Like, so if you're like, there's absolutely like, dude, I was a hundred percent motivated to paint every day. Like hundred percent motivated. I was like, I enjoy painting my, my blood angels. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it's like the event gods were like, hold on now. You're getting a little, you're getting a little too ready. A little too cocky. Go ahead and paint you up some droids. What is it? Is that uh, productive procrastination uh, where dude, you get a whole bunch of stuff done by procrastinating the thing you really need to do? It's 100% what it was. I have no idea. So up until the day of the event. Um, I do the same thing. Don't worry about it. Uh, I mean, I got all my turrets painted. I got all of my stuff uh, glued up. I mean, it was definitely one of those things where uh, I was doing good. And, and I had all my... Uh, Bell Predators got done. Um, I used the sponsons from uh, uh, Artisans of All. Hell yeah. And I redesigned, like, so my biggest thing that was going to be a, like a huge time taker was going to be magnetizing all of the, uh, all my sponsons because mm -hmm. I was going to have to put a magnet in, glue it, and then put a magnet on the other side, glue it, and then, you know, whatever. So I was like, I don't really have that much time to do this. So I redesigned the sponson to just have the gun on it, the last cannon on it. 
which is something we could have never done before 3D printing. And then I just, on one plate, printed up like uh, uh, the 26 last cannons I needed. And yeah, man, welcome to the future. Prime them all black and just they're, they're these like circles. So I just like slid them up into their spot and we're good to go. They're all blast cannons. So got that done. Um, I, my biggest fear was, uh, uh, infantry getting infantry ready. Cause there was a zone mortalis event that I did have to have stuff for like, yeah. and that's what I was afraid of. But, uh, powerful Cody, uh, had, <laughs> His Blood Angels army, which is like, if you guys remember the original Radio Free Estevan, like in V1, I had Blood Angels at one point. So it's like my old Blood Angels got to meet my new Blood Angels, <laughs> which is very cool. You know, they they hadn't talked, you know, so, uh, you know, pretty happy about that. There you go. Did Let's I leave see. my land speeders at the event? I don't think I did. But oh, anyway, God, I hope not. Uh, I did have to paint up uh, uh, three land speeders. And so I got those knocked out. That was easy. No problem. These are Proteus land speeders. Um, but I, th- I will say that like having that, like Cody's blood angels available to use in Zomortalis the, the, took the, a lot the of the heat off. Yeah. It took a lot of the heat off. So that's why I was like, I'm going to paint these B one battle droids, <laughs> even though nobody yeah, asked me to too comfortable. Yeah. So, so they look great. I mean, the, I found a completely different painting method than I had, uh, when I started Legion, I was kind of coming back into the hobby. Yeah. And I was doing, like, I was trying out the contrast paints. And so I painted up these, like, hot and fast B1 battle droids, and they looked okay, but they're not, like, you know, the, the new method was basically uh, um, uh, the contrast primer, which is the Wraithbone. I think so, yeah. Followed by soft tone from Army Painter and then mm-hmm. a dry brush of a uh, uh, Rakath, that Rakath gray or whatever that sh- that color is. Okay, Rakarth gray, and so it's it, they look good. They look really. I mean, I think they look good. They yep. they definitely look a lot better than they did. And I can see that. I use the Army Painter soft tone for some stuff. Yeah, soft tone's nice. So yeah, the, the Army Painter washes are really nice. Yeah, uh, I like strong tone as well. I mean, I like all their tones. So uh, got that going. Um, got my army ready to go. Uh, and Friday we went to heresy at the Alamo and it's okay. Uh, I know Tyler was definitely doing that too. We were talking on the hobby hangout Thursday night. He was like, bro, I got to leave in like how many hours? I'm still over here painting. Yeah. He was painting till like one in the morning. I, I did like, it's crazy. Cause, uh, I brought my Pelican case, the big one, the big one. And I put all my tanks in there. And what sucks is like my foam has kind of been like, I don't have new foam. I have like used foam. Mm -hmm. So the squares are like all, like all over the place and everything like that. So like basically I put a tank and I put like a little piece of foam to separate the tank from another tank. And then like you get it in and like, it's like a one-time thing. It's like, this is how it's packed right now but you're not repacking it like this. Yeah. You should see how dishonorable it's packed right now. <laughs> Look, it literally looks like a pile of tanks in there. Have you seen my space wolves? Just like that. Except, you know, with some foam, but, uh, all my stuff was fully painted for the event. Uh, I didn't have any, any weird unpainted things. Uh, everything I played with was fully painted. So we call that done. 
Yeah, we call that. We take that. We we eat those, right? <laughs> um, Friday we rolled up, and the you just, you just want to roll into the event talk. Yeah, it may as well, man. Hell it's a yeah. uh, right out of hobby progress. Um, so the event Her- Heresy at the Alamo or Alamo GT. Yeah, Alamo GT was the big event. Heresy at the Alamo was the heresy portion. Yeah, it was hosted at the Royal Oaks Mall, and there is an awesome awesome venue called the battle pub yeah that place is dope it's the same place they did port ma yeah it is uh it is an excellent venue it is in uh the royal oaks mall in san antonio texas it is kind of like uh the size of a golden corral i don't know how to put it like it's huge americans will use anything but the metric system. <laughs> yeah yeah it's massive <laughs> it is a a massive venue it's like a giant uh, cafeteria for a store it's, it's huge i can't how many tables do you think was there? Like oh. 40, 50 tables? So they had about, I want to say like 12 tables in the store part. And then there was like a separate annex that was just tables. Yeah, it they have a ton of tables. It was a huge venue with like a ton of tables. Yeah, it, it must have been like 25, 30 tables. And they had terrain on every single table. A lot of it was MDF. And then uh, our, uh, our section for the horse heresy we were actually outside in the mall. We were roped off, but we were inside the actual mall itself, like in the, I guess, the the main thoroughfare of the mall. Yeah. And in between two escalators. And uh, we like joking that they, they put the 30K where everybody can see it and they hide the 40K in the back. Yeah. They wanted to see the mega battle out in the open. And, and see, they see some beautifully painted heresy armies. Yeah. So, so we had, dude, we were right in the middle of everything. Um, but. We didn't like it. Definitely wasn't cramped. It felt awesome. Like it was, uh, uh, it was beautiful, beautiful tables. Uh, the first day that we we got there was the mega battle day, right? Yeah. So the mega battle is like not the normal like four tables pushed together. They actually made it like this, kind of like a, a a Y, like a goalpost, a football goalpost. Okay. It was a uh, a six foot table, a sideways six foot table, and then two six foot tables, like in a goalpost for a football game kind yeah, of yeah, situation, yeah. like you like dominoes. Like yeah, you had one six foot table, and then on either end of that was two going the same direction. Yes, and then in the middle was one going the opposite direction. Yes, exactly. And so I'm trying to trying to describe this for an audio podcast. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. It was. Not what I expected. I'm a big fan of weird table situations for mega battles. Uh, so what I was planning is I was planning a port mall kind of situation. Yeah. Where it's just one long table. Yeah. And like a short edge and like that way, like one good move and I'm in range. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Like, and all my stuff is 24 inch range. Uh Oh, does not, does not do the Mehmet's and host good. <laughs> now, granted nonstop pushing forward, pushing forward. I got there, but you know, but you're taking some shots on the way. I was taking some shots. You you have not been uh, keeping secrets about what your stuff's meant to do. Absolutely not. So, so we get there and immediately it's, uh, uh, the, the sides are imbalanced, right? So somebody in the, some, somebody in the, uh, uh, emperor side has to go traitor, right? And they, it can't be me because there's a traitor <laughs> Titan Legion that I have to handle, right? Gabe, powerful Gabe, this Titan Legion. I got to fight that. And so Tyler goes traitor. And what a hero. He has a falchion. He has a fell blade. He has Land Raider City. Like, oh, 
it is a it is he's a he's a problem okay so um now when i imagined the mega battle and my memetim host i imagined that we were going to fly under the radar because there was going to be like other titan legions there there's going to be like you know other things to shoot at yeah how'd that go absolutely not uh so only one titan legion showed up um and I was fighting it, and 100% Gabe, he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. He's a, uh, a, a understands the rules fully. He knew what was coming. He just scans the board. He's like, all right, cool. It's like, oh, is that nothing? Is that a, is that a, a, uh, a, a 12 Predators with Neutron Blasters and uh, Predators with Conversion Beamers, and are those... Uh, Cerberus, he knew what was coming, right? It's uh, all right. Well, I know where the volcano cannon's going. A hundred percent, dude. It was. <laughs> he didn't even have to move. Like it, I, I, I started probably like I think I, I think the measurement was one hundred and ten inches away. That seems like a very specific calculated number. <laughs> uh, well, I know because that's the range of the uh, the falchion, and. Uh, Tyler shot at a uh, shot at a Reaver Titan. So, I mean, 120 inches—that's your volcano cannon right there. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, was feeling every bit of it, right? So, granted, man, it's just like one of those things. Like, look, dude, they can't kill all of us. Just go forward. He killed a lot of us. <laughs> like, it got really bad. <laughs> well, I mean, wasn't that the design of the list? Like, you just need that one neutron cannon. And they and so my concern was. I'm going to play this mega battle and I've only got neutron blasters, which are 24 inch range. They're strength 10. They're, 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 they're very powerful guns, but you know, Titans have void shields. Now imagine you brought your Thunderhawk transporter. Uh, yeah, that would have been nice, but <laughs> I should have, I really should have, but I just didn't have enough room in the, in the case, <laughs> but either way I'm thinking to myself, I'm fucked. I am. I'm absolutely. There's nothing I can do because I can't strip void shields like I need to. I've got some bell predators that can help, but they're not going to do the job, right? They're getting blown up like everything else no, is. And they're 24 inch range too. Like you're, you're losing turns to moving up. And then, like an angel from heaven, the, the clouds part. The clouds parted, and Sanguinius himself, aka powerful Calvin, brought nine death storm drop pods. Oh my god. <laughs> Which stripped every last void shield. Jesus Christ! <laughs> off of those, off of those damn titans, dude. It was so cool. I was like, if there was ever a situation, <laughs> like, cause Sanguinius was in the battle. Sanguinius was there. He did excellent. He did powerful. Sanguinius. Uh, so if there was ever a real Memetim host, <laughs> that is what they would do. That's, <laughs> they would, that's the solution. That is the, the you, you've been wondering this whole time what you're going to do about void shields, and then Calvin's like, what, what? What else would you do? Are you, so, what so are you talking about here? As the people in the 40K event kept coming by to look at this mega battle, because they see Titans, they see a table just absolutely full of red. Because me and Calvin, we, we probably have together, I would imagine somewhere around like 7,000 points of Blood Angels on the table. Hot. And so everybody's like, is this Blood Angels versus everybody else kind of situation? And you just look at each other and go, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You know, that could You're be... sure, why not? Yeah, sure. And so uh, uh, we... He his his drop pods come in. They strip all of. Oh. Sorry, you good? 
Yeah, they strip all the void shields off of the uh, the the titans. Um, probably do a lot more damage too. They they Just lighten up everything. Lighten up, yeah. They, the Angron was there. He got kind of lit up, but really, some Death Sworn just whooped his ass. <laughs> so like, unfortunately, yeah, they uh, do that. Uh, there was. I had three sabers at the front for some reason. I was like, "Go, little sabers!" They got instantly iced. Actually, every game my sabers died instantly. There was nothing like people hate sabers for some reason. People know what they can do. I guess, I guess they're, you know, I mean, Hey, you start, if I see a saber talking shit, I'm gonna hit it with some missile launchers, man. Yeah, no, they, everybody smacked the shit out of my sabers. Uh, I guess it's cause they lead from the front and I always kind of blast them forward with their fast movement and they just, yeah, man, they just, people are like, no, nah, I don't know what that is, but that's why they got the sticker. So, uh, so yeah, so he moved forward, did his thing. Uh, I kept moving forward. I probably lost. Uh, in the first volley, nine predators, and then second volley, I probably lost another like five more predators, and then finally, by the end of all, they they actually were starting to let us outflank with our predators, and I mean it's kind of cheating, but you know at that point, I, then you know, I uh, if you could do that, why would you even put them on the table in the first place? Well. And then I outflanked both my Cerberus and a bunch of Predators and locked up every single one of those Titans and was just driving around their feet like those... Doing donuts? <laughs> yeah, like those... Uh, uh, what are the guys with the little Fez, fez hats? The Shriners? <laughs> like, it, you don't talk about the Shriners in a, a, like parades and stuff? What? You've never seen the guys in the little cars at parades? The Shriners? I... You keep repeating it like it's going to make it click. I have not. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Did you go to any parades as a child? I mean, I accidentally ended up in one parade once. <laughs> well, I say accidentally. I think we knew what we were doing. I was like, hey, you think anybody would stop us if we just, like, joined the parade? Oh, my God. And they're red, too. I'm showing him a uh, video of Shriners in their little cars. Oh, my God. Those are adorable. <laughs> You've never seen this in real no, life? No. Is that a, is that a, do they do that here? Yeah, they do that here. Well, it's just a bunch of like people in like tiny cars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. It's like Shriners and little go-karts. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> it's a, usually in parades. I don't know why they do it. They just entertain kids. because well, it's awesome. Uh, I see why they do it now. I didn't know that was a thing, but I see why it's a thing. So yeah, my predators basically like little Shriners in cars going around uh, <laughs> Titan's legs trying not to get stomped. Oh yeah, because they if they can't shoot, they will charge you. They will stop the shit out you. <laughs> um, I learned it very quickly and was reminded very quickly. And to everybody at the table, surprise, uh, Cerberuses are no longer super heavies. That uh, is correct. I had to remind everybody they are in fact not. Uh, so just even being tipped and touched barely gently by a a D weapon completely ruins them. They're gone. Absolutely explodes. It's a uh, a vicious, vicious mockery of a rule they have t- done to our poor, poor Cerberus and poor, poor Typhon. Let's pour one out. So, uh, yeah, that is a very expensive model to die that fast. Points-wise and monetarily. Yeah, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Mm. That's a real quick way to... That is the fastest $200 I've ever seen blown off a table. <laughs> oh, my God. For sure. Uh, so 
But I mean, that being said, it was it was a good time. I had fun playing with everybody. Uh, Melted Gun Squad came in and absolutely annihilated a Reaver. That was pretty cool to watch. Hell yeah. Um, Tyler absolutely went ape with his falchion. Just he fell in love with the falchion. He, he actually told me on the way home. He goes, "I think I'm going to print up two more falchions because <laughs> like they went so hard in the mega battle, and they do Jeez. as they do. They just." Whatever you see, you remove it from the, from in front of you. Uh, Space Wolves, they went wild on the table. Their contemptors were just beating the shit out of everything. Oh, yeah. It was just a good old-fashioned... What was crazy was it was this... Uh, I think that altogether, because there was me... There was... I think it was a 3v3, ultimately. It was, it was like a 3v3. Mm-hmm. Six people playing this mega battle. And it moved... Very fluidly. That's so so it was kind of like, it wasn't like this huge, insane like battle that everybody's like trying to do stuff. It was like a, a, uh, uh, it, it was like a manageable level of apocalypse game or mega battle. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know some of the bigger ones where you're looking at like six, seven, eight people per side. It's always, you have to like, Okay, if this unit's done shooting, yeah, they can go and start doing assaults. Cause otherwise, if we're waiting for everybody to finish moving, if we're waiting for everybody to finish shooting, we, we're we going to be here forever. Yeah, if y'all hear a little bell going on, the most yeah. cutest thing. Like, <laughs> Athena's got this new toy, and it's, it's like a little, it's a stick with a feather and a bell in the air at the end, and she just dragged it down the hallway for somebody to play with her. Luckily, I think that's what she's going to go play with Jake right now. Oh, she's yeah, just adorable. Taking it with her, it's cute as hell because it's like three times her size. <laughs> but, but no, it was a a, a very nice uh, a delight. A delight. Uh, speaking of delight, right? First day. Um, Ooh, that's a thought. We go and hang out. What? Sorry, I'm just thinking now. Mega battles like breaking it up into multiple smaller tables. Yeah, man, I would. Then- I know a lot of people do things where stuff will like come back to represent ongoing reserves, mm-hmm. uh, have it to where you go to different tables. And so instead of just walking your stuff into the same stuff they've been, it, you know, you go and mix with these other guys. I'm not so a fan of, uh, reserves, additional reserves on tables. Like even me out flanking, I'm not a fan of it. It, it drags stuff on too much. Yeah. I mean, the idea is like, Oh, you brought your Titan in and it got iced turn one. Uh, too bad. So sad. Oh, you all your predators died. Back, well, too bad. So sad. <laughs> should have brought a second one. You should have brought more. Should have played better. Should have played better. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I get the idea, but I don't know. It's just kind of a tangent that just kind of came to me. Is like, what if we take the traditional big, huge table mega battle, break it up into smaller tables, and then have a way for your stuff to just kind of shift between tables? Mm. I like the idea of maybe driving on to other tables. I think that'd be cool. But I, I am a big fan of like a smaller apo- uh, mega battles like that. Oh, uh, but then I don't know. It would still get weird because you'd still be waiting on other tables at that point. I don't know. Or you could do like a global turn. Yeah, and that, that's what kind of like slows down these massive mega battles. Oh, time turns. Well, which, yeah, then- which would be timed, but also. Uh, your time would be more manageable because you have smaller tables. I guess. You wouldn't have to stop what you're doing because somebody on the other end of the table is dropping a volcano cannon on what you're about to shoot. Yeah, we did 40-minute rounds, and it was good. Okay, yeah. That might just be a, a general like size thing that you really can't scale up. Yeah, 
it worked out very well this time around. I was, uh, Seth kept us moving. He kept it to the time clock, uh, let us know, uh, when we were getting close, when we should need to be moving. They took out all reactions. There was no reactions in this mega battle. So, uh, it was, it was a good time. It was, uh, probably one of the best mega battles I've played in. And, and I got pretty much fucked. (laughs) I got, I got absolutely demolished by, uh, Titans on that one. Yeah. But anyway, not trying to derail what you were saying. Oh, no, no. Just something that kind of came to me. But, uh, so, so for everybody listening, the battle pub is a, exactly what it sounds like. It is a, a pub and a hobby store. So before the event started, we got there pretty early and I was talking uh, with the owner, Jazz, and he was letting us know, like, and by the way, I think he uh, he has his own podcast called Warhammered, yeah. and he also has another one, uh, Something of Freedom, he, it was, I, can't, I can't remember, but Warhammered is Warhammer-based podcast, but he was chatting with us and letting us know, like, hey, you know, you know, we're asking about the shop. He was extremely, extremely welcoming, inviting into the shop. He was showing us all the stuff, and he, like just this absolutely nice store owner. Hell yeah! And uh, we we actually went to the the bar, and he was telling us he's like, yeah, we actually have this uh, special beer called Crisis. Uh, it's our own, like uh, this company we're working with. They brewed it for us, and it's like you know, last tested at like seventeen percent alcohol by volume or something, just <laughs> insane. And we're like, wow, that sounds really good. He's like, you want, you want to try it? And we're like, yeah, we'd love to try it. He's like, I'll put it on tap for you guys. <laughs> and so <laughs> he, he actually had to mark our hands because we can only have two of those glasses a day because that shit gets you good. And, like, Ooh. it was super hoppy, but, like, it was sweet. They, they made it taste like what's called a Triscuit cookie. Okay. And so, like, that, that's what the, t- the flavor they were going for. It was like a super sweet beer, but it was so fucking good, dude. It was so scary good. Like, like it. It took one. It's like the equivalent of like two shots of Jack Daniels, and like you're you're just you're ready ready for a day heresy. Yeah, you're ready for a good old fashioned day heresy. But super awesome venue, man. I can't wait to go to more events there. I think uh, uh, I would not mind hosting an event there. If something in Victoria didn't work out, like I would definitely go travel to San Antonio. Uh, we got an Airbnb that was like right down the road. And so like it was a five minute drive. And so I would absolutely host another event there. Uh, I think if you are in the Austin, San Antonio area, New Braunfels, anything like that, uh, and you're looking at hosting an event, I would highly consider uh, Battle Pub. Uh, looking at you, Mr. Lucas, and your uh, and your <laughs> your Ferix campaign, definitely start looking into Battle Pub. Maybe get friends with uh, Powerful Jazz over there. It is an excellent venue, and they do it right because they uh, know that they just need to kind of keep their hands off of the event, but also make sure all of your amenities are met there. So they go, they, the owners, they walk around, they come and bullshit with you, they hang out, and they know exactly what games you're playing, they know exactly what's going on. It's like they could be playing in the game with you, but they know better. They know that they need to go sell product and they need to move, and they do an excellent job of doing that. And they they sell everything. They've got Horus oh, Heresy. Yeah. They've got Legion. They've got uh, Monument Hobbies there. They've got a whole wall of board games. They've got a whole wall of MDF stuff that they sell, like a Bolter's Chainswords, all yeah. that jazz. So it was an excellent experience just being there on that first day, and like everybody was like a – 
super nice and, and, and super welcoming. Just a very happy event. Um, uh, that being said, the mega battle, we kind of closed out. There wasn't, it was kind of one of those things where there's not really a winner. We just kind of packed up and everybody had a good time. Yeah. Everybody got to show their models off. Yeah, it's more about cool stuff that happened than about actually like who won. Exactly. hundred percent. And then, uh, day two is when the actual event actually got going on. And so I want to tell everybody about something that I unintentionally discovered. Okay. Okay. And I think it's going to uh, possibly uh, give everybody a hand later on in their events and stuff like that. And it's something that I didn't know about, but but found out this event. And it was not something I was ready for. So, time to stop being all secret about it. This is in a mall, all right? And I, I, I got some shoes called Hey Dudes, right? I'm not wearing them right now. These are my Crocs. All right. All right I'm wearing Hey Dudes. Uh, okay. They're very, very comfortable shoes, all right? Mm-hmm. I wish I would have worn my Crocs, but because they're even more comfortable than my Hey Dudes. But the thing is, uh, Hey Dudes, I go barefoot in them. You know, it's just like you know, they're they're casual shoes. I go barefoot in them. You know, uh, we're inside this mall and it's very cold in the mall. All right. Oh, so I realized that, hey man my feet are getting really cold and that's translating to me being very cold. I'm just not very comfortable, but the good news is we are inside of a mall so I can go buy some socks. Some place around here is going to have some, some place around here has socks, right? So I end up, I'm like, there's an anime store up there. I'll go buy some of those like weed smoking socks or like some Naruto socks. I think I saw you when I was like, I'm going to go buy Naruto socks. Yeah. Saturday I showed up to like hang out. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the anime stores didn't have it. Okay. Well, my rounds were like, I, I had to start the game in a few minutes. So I was like, I don't know. I just need socks. Cause like my feet are freezing. Well, I went into, uh, they had a store there called scrubs and like truly it was a store where you go buy scrubs if you're a nurse, right? Yeah. Like a, like a uniform store. Yes. Yes. So I go in there and I asked the girl and say, Hey, uh, do you guys sell socks? Cause I saw socks out front. Like I saw they had them in the window. So I knew they had socks. I just didn't know if they had men's socks or anything. That's real sexist of me to think that a scrub store did not sell men's stuff. But you know, you just, you just want to make sure you get what you're looking for. Yeah. Just like, Hey, I need socks. Help me out. Help so, me. so I asked the girl there, I said, do you guys sell socks? And she's like, yeah, you know, we do. We, we have, we have socks and but they're all compression socks. And I was like, well, I don't need compression socks. I just need socks from, to keep my feet warm. Uh, I'm downstairs. I'm going to be here all day. And like, we're going to be playing games and all this stuff. And she said, well then yeah, compression socks are what you need. And I was like, what, what's a kid? I'm not old. Like I'm not a grandpa. Like this is, I don't need grandpa socks. And she goes, no compression socks. They keep circulation in your legs. If you're standing on your feet all day, that's why nurses wear compression socks. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> Time out. Time out. What? She's like, yeah. She's like, compression socks keep compression on your calves that restrict blood flow so that it forces more blood. Basically, science forces blood circulation. So that way you don't have pooling in your legs. You don't have swelling in your feet. It stops muscle strain. So it keeps like blood flowing in your legs. So your legs and feet don't get tired throughout the day. And I was like, 
sold. You sold me. You sold me on socks. Like, give me a size 12. Give me, give me two dozen. I was like, yeah, well, no, you don't want, there, there's 20 bucks for a pair of socks. Like, I, I, socks are not, these socks are not cheap, all right? So I get this pair of socks, right? All right? Not expecting them. They're, they're very tall socks. I look very weird wearing my black <laughs> Hey Dudes, my black knee-high socks, and a pair of shorts, <laughs> and my, uh, my, I think, uh, uh, Apex Predator shirt. Apex Predator shirt. You know, whatever. You know, I'm like, you know what? There's, I'm not looking for any, I'm not looking for any tail <laughs> in the, <laughs> at the heresy, at the heresy event, man. I'm just trying to game, you know? So that being said, right? At the end of the socks change your life. Dude, if you are going to play a heresy <laughs> event where you have to stand all day, just spend some money on Amazon Get you some compression socks, and your legs will be fine. Your shoulder blades are still gonna be fucked. There's nothing I can do about that. You know, you're, you know when you play a long day all oh, day, yeah. your shoulder blades they start hurting. Or like my lower back, I've been reaching over tables all day. Yeah, it's like, mm. dude, I did not have because Tyler and Josh they were complaining about their feet, their, their feet and their legs, how tired their legs were. Not me, man. And you've been telling them all day, like, hey, go get you some socks. I didn't tell them. I didn't know. I was like, I was like, man, man, I don't know if I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna snake oil them into going to go get some compression socks. But, you know, dude, there is a missed market for, because, like, I looked it up, right? They call, yeah. they call like, office jobs, they call it the new smoking, like, when you're sitting at your desk all day, like. Oh, and you have to take, like, a break to stretch your legs? Yeah, and so it's, like, compression socks if you're sitting or standing, whatever. If you're not moving for a long time, you're doing a bunch of driving, you do compression socks to just to keep that blood flow going. Man, dude, I'm... <sighs> I'm sold, baby. It works. I'm sold, dude. I wore compression socks the next day. Like I was like, I, if I'm at home, like I'm wearing compression socks. Look, dude, I know it's a weird thing to try to sell on this podcast right now, but I'm just letting you know, if you want to run an event, get you some branded event compression socks. Yeah, dude. For your players pack. Everybody's gonna make fun of you for two days and then they're gonna be worshiping. You wear them under your pants. Like you don't have to get made fun of. You wear pants and some compression socks, uh, dude. I'm probably like if they're like in the like in the swag bag, some socks. Oh, dude, no, I will definitely like. I guarantee one of these events, I'm gonna some radio free because you can, dude. Everybody wants their like own like custom compression socks in the nursing world. That exists. Go to Amazon right now to put type in compression socks. People like, people put customs like get your face on it, right? Yeah. So nobody steals them. Yeah. Everybody wants them because they're great, dude. I'm just saying with a few of those with the RFI logo, dude, we might be done. Like it just, you might get some in the future. That might be a thing in the future. I don't know, but I'm just telling you right now, if you plan on going to a horse heresy event, which we all are, we, we I mean, we all have events yeah. coming up. We got some coming up in August. There's a Ferex event coming up. Yeah. Like we got a, a dude, listen to me and get you some compression socks. Cause they will, you will not have like, like you're not, you're still gonna have the shoulder problems, but your feet, you won't have feet problems. And if you wear Crocs, even better. Just leave leave your leave your ego and your style at the door. You're playing heresy. You're not like, <laughs> like you just gotta do do yourself a favor, guys. I'm just saying, I dude, my mom is a physical therapist. I confirmed with her that I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't getting uh uh Ask her why she never told you about compression socks. I was like, Mom, do you wear compression socks to work? She was, yes. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah I'm not stupid. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting snake old, right? Like, I'm not, this isn't some sort of, you know, sugar, like, a, uh, uh, dude, either way. 
It, it wasn't a sugar pill, man. It actually worked. I was very, very excited about that. So that is one of the biggest things I took from that event was from here on out, your boys wearing compression socks to events where I'm standing up all day playing games. I might wear it to the store. You don't know. You, you know, you don't either way. Onto my games. <laughs> okay. Onto my I'm, games. I'm glad. I'm glad we got this nugget of wisdom. I had to change man. your life. I had to. All right. We iterate here. We we improve stuff. So for those of y'all interested in what <laughs> Michael ran at Heresy at the Alamo, what was your list? All right. My list was very simple, very casual. Four units of three Bell Predators. Uh, that is the uh, twin Eliastis assault cannon uh, turrets, Eliastis assault cannon, pencil-mounted, uh, dual-last cannon sponsons, and a command predator uh, that has Eliastis assault cannon uh, turrets, last cannon on the side, and three Sicarians. I'm not, I'm sorry, three uh, uh, sabers with assault cannon uh the hard mounted assault cannon on top. Hard man assault cannon and a auto auto cannon. Snub nose auto cannon. I I ran four land speeders mm-hmm. with uh, graviton and assault can um, graviton and melta uh, multi melta. Ooh. Uh, two rhinos with two tactical squads inside of it. Okay. Which did not ever. Why well, one game they got out, but what did they need to? And uh, that was my list. It was, um, I've been playing battle sim a lot with that list with, with different parts of that list. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally it's, it's a very few models to have to remember, but I did have to teach a lot of people how sponsons work in 2.0. Okay. I a lot of people hadn't been used to that whole, uh, there, there was a number of rules that I had to kind of reiterate to some of my opponents a lot, like the sponsor rules, like one of them, because like basically if your sponsor, can't see like the rest of the unit, then they can shoot at something else. Yeah. And then also, uh, being able to see through your own units. Right. Was a big thing that I had to explain to people because it definitely determined how I placed my models. Yeah. And, um, and, um, outflanking, was something that was new to me and I thought was kind of be a problem because now you have to mark where you're outflanking in. And so right. my land speeder is always outflanked, but um, they did an excellent job with, uh, with, with what they did. Uh, my first game was against a powerful Ian. He played his uh, death guard and he played a, uh, um, he essentially did the, uh, uh, where everything is difficult terrain, uh, oh yeah, not the reaping, but the other creeping death. Creeping death. Yeah, he yeah. played a creeping death right of war, and uh, I thought I was going to be more bothered by it, but it, it wasn't as big of an issue. Um, that game, the purpose of it was we it was on a ta- it was on a table that was kind of covered in like dead titans, and you had to salvage from the titans. Um, I moved up with. All of my Bell Predators, uh, he held a lot of things in reserve because he was afraid they were going to get last cannon first turn. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, I had 3,000 points worth of last cannons. Like, I think it was like, all together, it's like a, a 26 last cannons. Oh, my God. Versus his, I would say like 1,500 points was on the table. So, a lot of it wasn't there <laughs> that turn. 
Um, so, and, and this was something that I learned because originally my list, they were kind of all bell predators, full bell predators. It was the, uh, Ilias's salt can and Ilias's pencil. And then the, the two, uh, uh, Sponson mounted Ilias's just to really capitalize on your reactions. Yes. But it was definitely something that, uh, when I was testing that out, I was so limited by people with range on me. Basically, they would just get a number of free shots. If I had fast on my vehicles, I probably might switch back to something like that. Yeah. Uh, if if for whatever reason Blood Angels got overcharged engines again and got to like blast forward, I might switch back to something like that. But basically, that first couple of turns there, where I'm kind of limited by my range, I have to use those last cannons. Um, one of the big things that I kept uh, uh, reminding my opponents was that. Because I'm doing a full move, I can I can fire a single last cannon, and the others has to shap snap shoot. You know, mm-hmm. letting them know it's like, hey, I'm get, like just reminding them that's like I'm gonna go ahead and full move, so I'm only gonna get a single last cannon shot at, at full ballistic skill. Um, but you know, I was really open with my rules. I didn't have like a I made sure there wasn't a lot of gotchas because there's a number of instances where. Uh, you're it's like you you want to roll up on a squad of uh of full bell predators and uh shoot your flamer at them it's not going to work out in your favor uh cuz they can for one all see through each other mm-hmm. and for two have uh, essentially 20 uh, for it yeah 24 shots uh, 12 of which are twin linked um mm. i would say the entire event every game i reacted probably over 12 times Okay. Yeah, the uh, gets hot on the reactifier on the assault cannons didn't bite you too much. Only probably about four times the entire event. Really? Yeah. And, and I know the twin linked on the turrets really help. Uh, with twin linked works a little bit different on the gets hot results. Uh, but are you familiar with how gets hot works on vehicles? I thought it, I was. It's not instant glance. You have to re-roll another one or two. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it it doesn't hurt as bad as you would okay. think it does. Uh, so, so with that being said, you know, there's, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, having dozer blades, uh, you got to hit that double one. Um, yeah. so my, I, I did not have a lot of stuff gets hot on me. Uh, it was scary, but at the same time, you know, I was unloading so many shots on everybody. I, I was so confident and comfortable with my list after playing so many battle sims with it. And, it was very, very deadly to kind of react with those units. And so I was extremely, extremely happy with how they performed. Uh, in my first game, I had my tactical squads doing their own thing while I was full charge into the enemy. Uh, last Cannon City, first turn, um, basically I completely crippled a Leviathan first turn with all the Last Cannons. Uh, mm. By second turn, I had uh, killed the Leviathan and a Contemptor with uh, assault cannon shots and last cannons. And uh, at that point, you know that second turn came in. I brought on my land speeder squad, started multi melting everything, and it became really evident, really, really quickly evident that cavalry Proteus land speeders are kind of. E- it was it was strange to see that because uh, I got intercepted by a multi melta squad. Okay, which you would think 
which is like in in past editions, land speeder versus multi melta was death. Yeah. Right. Well, not when they're cavalry with toughness five. Oh yeah. They are. They're gonna be fine. So they can't insta kill it. They can't. You know, they just take wounds. And so he had a ten man squad of multi melters, even twin linked, even you know everything. They intercepted my uh, my uh, uh, my four land speeders, and they lost a single land speeder. And then my other three did the duty that they needed to do. Nice. So that was a new unit I hadn't played with too much. I just got like one game in with them, and that is a staple on my list now. Just outperformed your expectations? They, there's only so much that I, like, uh, I'll talk about a little bit later, but there's only so much that my last cannons can do as far as, like, reaching out. You're just really hoping for... Uh, re- really hoping for that explodes result against other vehicles. Uh, but there are certain tanks out there that have like, you know, flare shields and things like that. And so even, even though you are running a sundered last cannon, something that's armor 15 is still going to be a problem because you are still needing to roll that six, which is only a glancing result. And so there's just not much you can do in that case. Right. But, having that kind of ace in the hole to say, okay, this thing has to go right. That those multi melters still do their job against vehicles and they do not give a shit. <laughs> like, like it, it was beautiful, man. Twin linking multi melters is sick. I don't know who oh, yeah. thought of that. Oh, plus the gravitons, nothing to like shake a stick at either. I didn't use a graviton once. So the, what I see a lot of people using with the graviton is for reactive fire. Because if, yes. if like throw that down for the Overwatch, it makes the charge harder. Yep. Well, so so for one, I didn't use graviton against uh, uh, the Death Guard because why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for Fair. two, my uh, my last game, I had my land speeders. My graviton was too far away to actually do anything. And then uh, my second game, they didn't make it on the table. Uh, but but either way, uh, uh, Ian on his reserve rolls, he. Failed two of his reserve rolls out of his three. Ooh. And so by turn two, he was off the table and done. And so that's rough. It was a good game. Uh, he learned very quickly what assault cannons do. I learned very quickly what my assault cannons would do. Uh, he was a, a very great opponent. He was super nice, super great guy. We shared a beer together and uh, powerful Ian. Hopefully that's, you're listening, man. Hopefully that's what it's about. You're a good player. Uh, so that being said, so the way that Seth pairs you, is he looks at your kind of play style and how you're playing, and he t- he puts uh, advanced players with advanced players. And so I got teared up against the... On the, my next game, I got teared up against Gabe. And Gabe runs uh, an event called Lake Hammer. <laughs> He's like, this guy plays some Horus Heresy, right? Nice. He's the guy that brought the Titans. So from the get-go... I was fighting Gabe, going for Gabe, and then now me and him are paired up again turn two and game two. And his list had been play-tested thoroughly and was absolutely locked down. Just tuned? Tuned, man. He played Iron Warriors, and he had two units of Iron Havocs. Okay. And one of those units was a last cannon Iron Havoc squad. And... To tell you how this Iron Havoc squad was laid out, it was Iron Havoc squad, Apothecary, Tech Marine, and the Centurion uh, Siegebreaker. Yep. So doesn't have to give them Sunder because the Laskins already have Sunder. Right. But they're in the squad. 
Okay. And his second unit of Iron Havocs, who were autocannon Iron Havocs, exact same loadout. So these are so so if you're not familiar with uh, with Iron Warriors, they basically when they're fighting against vehicles, they get an additional strength yep. to their weapons. So your last cannons become with our strength nine, become strength ten. So the auto cannons with that bonus and with the sunder from the siege breaker, those auto cannons are just last cannons. Those yep, they're last cannons with sunder, and you're getting two shots apiece instead of yep. a single shot. Oh yeah, and so uh, it uh, the, the only thing is they can't explode you, right? But it's, they can definitely hurt you. It'll do some damage. Now here's the the second kicker, because he was taking the tech marines within those units, they were not allowing any shrouded because they had improvisers on them, so you could not okay. evade. <laughs> you just yeah. okay just eat it. Okay. If there was a hard counter to my list, it was this list. But I I knew it was a possibility playing this event. I knew there was a possibility that I would have to. So um, I lined up, and my thought was, if I can seize, then I'm putting 26 last cannons into that Iron Havoc squad, right? I'm, I'm going to do my best to get rid of this Iron Havoc squad because there's I'm, I'm insta-killing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't feel no pain against last cannons. Right. I'm just unloading as much as I can. And so that really a lot of the game teetered on whether or not I seized, because what I did was I took every squad and I lined it up directly in front of these two units so that I could get every single last cannon shot available to me. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a gamble that I gambled and failed. Oh. <laughs> So uh, it, it really did teeter on that six up. Uh, it teetered on me getting first turn is what it teetered on. Yeah. So that being said, uh, long story short, we both knew our rules very well. And so it was a two-turn wipe and a 40-minute game. It was a very quick game. There was not a lot that I could do. It was a... Wow. Uh, uh, I, I would say the highlight of it was the, the the Iron Havoc squad with the last cannons. Definitely, when you're squadroned up, there's no way that a, a three man, uh, a three three tank predator squad is going to be able to live through that many last cannons. Yeah, and so first turn, last cannon squad killed a predator squadron. Uh, Iron Havoc uh, auto cannon squad killed another squadron. Okay, ouch, and. Uh, <laughs> Leviathan and Contemptor took care of Sabres, poor little baby Sabres. Mm. And uh, turn two, uh, my uh, my land speeders came on. They immediately got taken care of. And then uh, my my last two squads of Predators died. And my uh, uh, my command tank got killed by a... Uh, oof. Uh, so, so it was... It was a very, very quick game. It was a hard, like I said, it was a hard counter, but I, I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, I think I think I would have done, but if I if I would have gotten the seize off, I think I would have done more damage. If I could have gotten rid of more of those last cannons, because that would have been my first target, I think the game would have gone different because that's a lot of points in that one squad. And so uh, you just lost that unit in your own turn. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he would have returned fired. I would have lost a unit, but it was definitely a. It was a quick game, but I do not hold Gabe again. Like I do not hold against Gabe. He was a great player. Um, he definitely, definitely uh, took the event, and I 
absolutely enjoyed playing with him. And that's what it's about. He's uh, uh, <laughs> he makes a lot of funny jokes about himself, <laughs> and it cracks me up. So, uh, so that being said, you know, I Man, got my, you should have brought a librarian. Into <laughs> something, right? Just get that telekind dome or something. I asked him at the end of the game, I asked him how he would have played it, and he gave me some pretty good advice how he would have done it and not gambled it, especially if he said that he would have had a sacrificial predator squadron blocking off line of sight to all the other predators and then use that to, to kind of move my way around the table and flank him. But he did have contemptors running around. Like It was either I fought two contemptors and a leviathan or a contemptor and a leviathan or two iron havoc squad. So... It was, I, it was, it was beef. It yeah. was beef, you know? Oh yeah. So, uh, I think, uh, I, the only way I could think of as far as like modifying my list for that kind of army or that kind of situation, I have been considering a conversion beamer dreadnought contemptor. So how would you feel about a conversion beamer on your command tank? Uh, I've thought about that too. It's just, it just sits back maxes out its range and just starts dropping those templates. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about uh, them killing my warlord or anything. It's just, it feels like such a waste of ballistic skill five, you know, true. I mean, you can still have it to where you're peeling off one of your last cannon sponsors. Yeah. But, but no, no, I, I, and I mean, I have the conversion beamers. I have them. They're painted gold already. So it I look like a command tank. It looks like a command tank. Uh, it's it's definitely something I might do. Uh, that's a very good point because then I don't have to kind of break the aesthetic and uh, and move over to a, uh, I guess. Yeah, and if they do identify that as a threat, then it's soaking up some hatred with that uh, invul it gets. I fought a Contemptor uh, Dreadnought with a Conversion Beamer uh, as an, on my last game. I'm going to tell you, if you're, if you're outside 48 inches. Any shit you could do. You drop that on last can squad and tell them to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so be the way that our table or deployment, we were playing long ways and the deployment zones were 24 inches in. And so it was like long ways, like hammer and anvil, uh, hot dog style or hamburger style. It's like, so your table edge, was it the short edge or the long edge? Uh, short edge. Okay. So yeah. Hammer and anvil. Yeah. So we, our deployment zones went up to 24 inches and so he was deployed right at the 24 inch line. Yeah. That's what, Yeah. And so I I could not uh, yeah, if escape com- forty eight inches or f- yeah. for sure that was yeah. the correct choice yeah so uh, that was a good game uh, I got to see everybody kind of playing and seeing their play style I watched uh, uh, Tyler versus Josh I think we'll probably you know talk with Tyler in one of these episodes about how his event went because bring him and Josh in and talk about it yeah it was it was a very intense game there's like a basically like a giant laser that was coming behind Tyler forcing him to move forward oh my god and he was getting forced into the ox and yeah, the ox gunched him up I do kind of want to like sit down and grill Tyler a little bit because one of the things I'm really interested to see is how because he hasn't played a full game before this event but he has done a whole bunch of battle sim yep and I just want to see how all that comes together. He knew how every single one of his units worked. And there were points where he was telling people how stuff worked and why they couldn't do things. He was like yeah. explaining rules. Yeah. Well, that's also because he doesn't have the uh, the shackles of addition shock. Yeah. So, but um, at the same time, he only learned from Battle Sim. Yeah. He's, well, he's also good at this. But, but like I said, there's stuff that I know a lot of people like bring in from older editions 
and being new to the format, I mean, say, hey, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was very confident on his game. I mean, he's played like six games of Battle Sim. Every single one of his uh, units that he was playing with, he knew. One of the things that he learned that, like, so he, one of his games, he played Gabe, mm-hmm. who is a hard, true and true Ultramarines player as well. Nice. Iron Warriors are his trader army. He brings both just to see what side he has to play with. What a good dude. And uh, so his Ultramarines, he was telling Tyler that he was, he never considered using a Xiphon to tag units for him. <laughs> and that's what Tyler was doing. Uh, Tyler was using his Xiphon to tag units for his Ultramarines. For the Legion benefit, yeah. And so he would basically have this Typhon at the far end of the table, last cannon a unit, and now you've got all of these units that are in the front lines that are just lighting up what they need to. So, Well, you have to be within so many inches of the unit that shot it. Uh, yeah, whatever that maximum is, that's where Tyler was. I think it's like 24, isn't it, or 12? I want to say it's 12. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Yeah, he was behind those units. Lighting them up. Yeah, I believe it's 12 inches. Let me get to my ultramarine section. I need to tab up my book one of these days. But he definitely was using his Xiphon. Uh, it's got to be within six inches. Well, he was definitely using his Xiphon to do it. No, I, I, that is a really cool tool to use. Normally, I just like use my transport rhino. Yeah, yeah. He did have transport rhinos as well. Hop out the rhino, have the rhino shoot its multi-melt at the actual threat, peel off that uh, defensive... Because peel off your defensive combi bolter into your uh, closest infantry. Yeah, I think... Because it, it, ha- it just has to hit, right? No, they just have to shoot. Oh, okay. doesn't even have to hit. Well, he was definitely doing something right. Because he was having a good time. Oh, yeah. And Gabe was complimenting him on his Xiphon usage. Hell yeah. But that, that was an interesting game to watch. Uh, my last game was an actual like Alamo game where you are inside the Alamo. It's like a, and you're defending yourself. And the enemy's deployment zone is six inches across the entire table. Okay, so kind of like the ambush. And you, you are right in the middle. And boy, I tell you, that was my favorite game to play. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do like them close. <laughs> uh, They're surrounded. The bastards can't get away from us this time. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, you. What was cool about it was you got uh, you got three special characters like that you had to capture or you, you basically got three extra characters added to your list. Both sides got it. Uh, they were based off of characters from the uh, from the actual Alamo. Oh, so nice. you had like a, a, a Davy Crockett. You had Jim Bowie. I was about to say David Bowie. <laughs> you had the David Bowie. Yeah, David Bowie. <laughs> uh, so you had Jim Bowie. Uh, you had like all the heroes of the Alamo. Sam Houston, and then you had like Santa Ana on the other side, and uh, just different different uh, uh, I guess Mexican army generals and. It was an absolute blast to play that. So so my concern was I'm in the Alamo and I've got these walls. And so they said, hey, we didn't make this for tanks. We didn't think about all these tanks. Uh, so you can drive over the walls as if like, you know. They're so, difficult terrain. They're difficult terrain for you. And so. You just Kool-Aid it. Uh, well, I tried. I, I sure tried. Oh, no. Uh, so 
I definitely like my first turn I'm, I'm out and about and I'm just unloading uh, assault cannons on everything. Right. Uh, my biggest concern and my biggest threat was a, like a death blossom Leviathan dreadnought. And I was very concerned because those things I've noticed that Leviathans with storm cannons absolutely fuck up my predators. <laughs> they just do a really good job of handling predators. Um, so that, those are kind of my first targets. And usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll kind of weed the uh, weed the shots out of the reaction out of you with uh, my sabers. My sabers are kind of like the the, the ablative armor. Yeah, so so I'll weed it out. I'm like I'm gonna go and fire at you know you three assault cannons and three uh, uh, three auto cannons, and usually that'll provoke enough uh, fear to it's like oh I'm gonna go and return fire. It's like good, okay, sabers are gone, but cool. Now I'm gonna assault cannon you, last cannon you. I'm gonna do everything to you. So I get this Leviathan down to a single wound left, right? He's because he's four up saving. I basically just so many rending assault cannons rolls. Like it came to the point where my opponent Lance, he knew exactly like what my rolling was. He knew like how it was snap firing, how much stuff moved, everything like that. And uh, uh, so I got this Leviathan down to one wound, and there. One of my special characters was a sniper in this like sniper tower, and he had this ability called Crack Shot, which was a uh, uh, a basically just a uh, a it was a what is it called uh, brutal two shot that was sniper. Mm-hmm. And he was ballistic skill five, and so I was like, "You got one wound left. I'm gonna shoot it. Right, roll it. I'm gonna roll it." Uh, that brutal two saved me, <laughs> and all it like because he he saved one of his invulnerable saves, and the second save he failed, and Leviathan lost his last wound. I was like, "This is the coolest like sniper move I've ever seen <laughs> in any game," and so. We got that going on. Well, my opponent, Lance, he was playing with Angron. Now, Angron's not a really big deal when he's running on the table. Um, like, just, like, foot slogging. Yeah. But in a event, like, in a, in a table where he's literally next to you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, things, there's only, like, what, a six-inch no-man's land? Yeah, things get scary really quickly. And so I moved all of my stuff away from Angron. And so he's running forward and then you shoot at Angron and he gets to react and run forward and gets super mad. And it's just like, just trying to stay away from him. And then he's got this on the right side of the table. He's got this like massive Kratos. That's just, it's really more, more scary than anything. It's got a bunch of last cannons, but it's also got the Volkite, which isn't a really big deal for me as like front armor 13. But I can't leave it alive. I have to take care of it. And so my first turn is basically sent moving stuff away from Angron and taking care of the right side of the table as much as I can. But Kratos is just shrugging. I spent too much weapons on the fucking Kratos. I put too many last cannons into it for it just to go, hey, man, you can only glance me. You know? And so I was like, okay. I will, like, I put my outflank marker right next to that Kratos. Like, that's my problem solver right there. Um, so turn one comes and immediately after my uh, 
my Jim Bowie just shot just uh, and eliminated a, eliminated Leviathan. a lot Leviathan. Uh, he gets payback with a contemptor with a with a conversion beamer that oh. I didn't even see, dude. Like I didn't even know it was in the back of the table. It was in the far left corner, uh, and he was just sitting that's, there. That's like, where you put him. And I was like, oh, that's a contemptor back there. He's like, yeah, I'm going to conversion beamer, uh, David Bowie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And I'm going to miss him. Strength 12. He's fucking iced. It was just yeah, that's that's all it takes. Liquid paste. <laughs> and uh, so Jim Bowie dies. And so move everything away from that side of the table. Angron's coming in. And second turn, I come in, land speeders, roll up, annihilate the Kratos. Nice. No, not even an issue, right? Well, then becomes the great retreat out of the Alamo for me because I can't be stuck in the Alamo. I've got to get out of it. So immediately I go, okay, first predator, get out of the Alamo. I roll two dice for uh, for, for, difficult terrain. for difficult terrain because I have dozer blades. So I just roll two dice. Don't roll double one. We're good. First dice roll I roll, double ones. Fuck. Damn. Sorry, little predator. You got to stay behind and die for everybody. All right. Mm. Well, I can't do that twice. So the next thing I'm going to move is my command predator because double stack the ones, you know, yeah. dice gods aren't going to do that to you twice. They do it to me twice. I rolled double ones in a row. Like, don't know how it happens, but so my command predator stuck in their Alamo, <laughs> like, and everybody else is like, I'm sorry, sir. None of we can do. <laughs> Luckily, nobody can hey, shoot man. at you because you're stuck in here. It's the Alamo. You got to go down fighting. Uh, yeah. So then it's just, Everything I've got, literally everything I've got. Um, by by turn two, Lance has learned don't shoot at me because I shoot back. Yeah, I react back. If you charge me, I'm reacting. I'm overwatching. Like there's just literally that many assault cannon shots coming at you is going to cause some pain, no matter what. Now they do get hot. He knew how they get hot. He would, was watching me like a hawk, waiting for me to burn myself. It just didn't happen, and. I tell you what, man, <laughs> there is a, uh, so he can't charge you he, and, he, and he can't shoot you. Yeah. It was, what does he, what does he do? Man, I killed a lot of infantry. <laughs> and, and so by the time Angron had made it to kind of my lines was ready to charge, uh, his entire like butcher squad that was with him was gone. Or I guess a cataphractor terminator squad was gone. I uh, had taken care of, it was pretty much just anger on by himself at that point and a conversion beamer dreadnought a far off in the corner that I wasn't touching. And then you ram Angron? Uh, I did not ram Angron. I just... Because if he if he chooses to death of glory and he doesn't stop you, <laughs> model is removed from play. Turn three, it was just Angron left. It was like a firing line of last cannons against Angron is what it was. Uh, it was just just an Angron shaped silhouette on the wall behind him. Yeah, it was it was bad. It, he as soon as Angron left, the uh, Lance was like, you know what, this is the most fun I've had in a while because like he he caught some squads and was just Angron has armor bane. He's just playing whack. Angron is not. Uh, he killed sabers. He killed predators. He just went wild, and I'm just basically running from him the whole time. I was faster than him. And if you he tried anything, I was shooting him. So uh, he finally passed, and the last thing that was left was a conversion beamer, and eventually I would just make my way over there and go blast shit out of him. So he, he conceded, but it was a good game. And uh, 
that was the last game I played. That the, mission sounds like a party. It was a great party. <laughs> uh, everything, like there was a, uh, uh, Santa Ana was a psyker, so he had like special rules for him. Uh, it was, it was, it was a fun game. It was a cool mission. I, I really did enjoy actually like, I, it kind of sucked because I immediately abandoned the Alamo. I was like, I can't be in here. Like this is bad. I can't see anything. I can't get on the top of the fucking wall. So we just got to run. We got to get the fuck out of here. So, uh, but so that didn't happen. Yeah. But all in all, man, the event itself, I had a great time. Like my list ran exactly like I, I expected it to. Uh, I was comfortable with the list. I was comfortable with the units I was running, dude. I, I, the only thing I wasn't sure about was how my land speeders were going to do, uh, but they, they worked out. They handled it. They handled their business. Yeah, man, showing up. It looked like everybody was having a great time. I went and I go. I spied a little bit on the forty k stuff. Everything I saw was like painted beautifully. Like it, it was nothing I'd kick off the table. No, for sure. It, like, like the the event was solid. There was a lot of people. So the end of the that night, we went into the forty k side, and they had, they had, they were supposed to put their armies out for the following day. Yeah. So they could be judged for painting. And sorry, a rogue flea. Uh, so they had to they had to put their uh, their armies out for painting. And there's a lot of people that were going for like best painted. And so like a lot of them had like display boards and stuff like that. That was actually an ultramarines army that I took pictures of. And it, dude, I was like, man, this is all beyond like my level of painting. Look, these are all super, super nice armies. Uh, yeah. As, as much as we like to joke. Oh my God. Yeah. Scroll to the right. You should see a contemptor, I believe. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was one of the Ultramarines army that I saw up there. Like, it was bonkers, some of the stuff that, like, these people were putting out there. Like, professionally painted armies, like, by far. I don't know if they, like, I'm assuming they painted themselves, but, like, at the same time, you know. Those look immaculate. Yeah. So, that was, uh, the one I'm talking about is actually Kevin Grubbs. Reboots Gilliman assembles the Ultramarines' fourth company. So, did you see this? You see the like? Yeah, yeah. I zoomed in on those uh, contemptors. Yeah, super nice guys. Yeah, those look dope. Push me or me? Oh, there's buttons on it. Oh, dude, like, yeah. I guess you could. Uh, I guess it was like LEDs that were like lit up in there. Just taking a page out of John's book. Yeah, that is uh, advanced modeling there. Nice. But all in all, man, good event. I was happy. Uh, Tyler was happy with the event. They gave me a Predator. Uh, that was a, like my prize at the end of it. Uh, learned about compression socks, man, and uh, ordered the starter set of uh, uh, Pro Acryl while I was there. They sold me on that. Okay. So looking forward to seeing what that's about. But I hear good things. Pretty good event all, all the way around, man. I was uh, more than happy with the event and... Uh, I will 100% go to not only any Alamo 30K event, but any event that is run by Seth. I'm a Matt, 100%. Hell yeah. Because he made sure everybody was there having a good time. And he even was asking advice for like who we thought, the parent, how the pairings we thought should go. His, his, whole, his whole mantra was making sure that everybody had a good time at his event. 
That's what it's about. That's and the name of the game. Yeah. So powerful Seth. Thank you so much. I know you're in the discord. I don't know if you're listening to this, but just a shout out. You ran an excellent event. Everybody had a good time that I talked to. No complaints. Like love it. Hell yeah. What a hero. Keep them coming, man. So do you have any questions or anything like that? Or, uh, mostly just kind of like how battle sim prepared you to put that whole list together. Yeah, so uh, so immediately, like, I would say, because I never played that army at 3,000 points. Right. I only played that army at, in 1,000-point increments. And that battle sim quickly taught me that a full Bell Predator is not feasible, uh, no matter what you do, because there's going to be people that do have last cannons that are going to shoot you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Um, that being said, I didn't want to just go with the normal predator, which is, uh, uh, the auto cannon predator with the last cannon, uh, last cannon sponsons, uh, because in battle sim, I saw the value of the assault cannon reactions and it was, you know, it's, it's, although it is not reliable, right? You're not getting, you know, like rending is still only on a six up and there's only 12 shots. So I'm sorry, eight shots per predator. And so the likelihood of you getting that rending is, is pretty low. There is the kind of psychological effect of not wanting to shoot at something that's going to put uh, uh, that many shots back into you. So it's, it's for a full squadron, you're looking at 24 shots, 12 of which are twin linked coming back to you to bite you in the ass for making that decision of shooting. Mm -hmm. And chances are, if you're something like a, let's say a, a squad, uh, you're going to lose some models because of that decision. Uh, very effective against terminators, extremely effective against terminators. Mm. Um, and, having kind of the mix of uh, last cannon assault cannons, I would fight and shoot at a unit of Terminators in my shooting phase. And I would lay out these assault, like I, I would lay out last cannons if they didn't have wounds on them. And that way I'm getting the instant kill off of there. Yeah. And then I'm dishing out assault cannon shots on them. Um, I also would say that the battle sim, because I'm kind of newer to this edition for line of sight rules, battle sim, I I actually spent like two sim games fully, I don't want to say manipulating, but like fully keeping my, uh, my tanks, uh, sponsons out of line of sight. So just like internalizing the line of sight rule. Yeah. And so basically like I knew that if I had, Hey, I, I want to split my, like I, like in my games, I knew that there was a good chance that I was going to like, if there was something that I knew I would kill like a rhino, I don't want to spend six last cannons on a rhino, No, but I would spend three last cannons on a rhino. Right. Yeah. So what I would do is I would take my three predators and I would give them only their left sponsons line of sight to the rhino. 
and the others would be like to a Leviathan or something else that was opposite of the table of that and be able to put wounds. If I know I'm going to overkill something with six last cannons, I would essentially just shape those away and fire that off. And I also took hunter killer missiles. So if there was an instance where I overjudged my ability to kill something with a last cannon, I was spinning those hunter killer missiles at like, as like a last resort. Right. Okay. So would you feel that the battle sim games were more efficient at getting you into that list? Absolutely. So would it have taken like way more like 30,000 or 3000 point games to get like feel to get the feel for that list? I, I, so I think uh, what would have happened is I would have probably ran a list with all bell predators and then more than likely started tapering bell predators off trying to see what the, because originally my idea was after my first game of playing uh, bell predators against Josh, my idea was what I'll do is I'll have two bell predators and my third vehicle in the squadron will be like an anti-tank vehicle. And then I realized that that's kind of a, it's, I mean, then I, it's harder to control that. It's harder to control that. And it's also kind of a, there's so much value in having six last cannons a squad. Cause in your mind, you're like, okay, well this one will shoot at my actual target. And then the predator, the, the bail predators will shoot at the closest infantry unit. Cause it's all defensive guns. Yep. But in practice, it just doesn't work out that way. It does not work out that way. But, I mean, the ability to shoot defensive guns at the closest infantry unit, it's do not sleep on that. Oh, yeah. It means you very easily can get a situation where your predator is shooting three targets. Yes. Your primary target's getting a last cannon. The other last cannon can't see it, so it's shooting this other target. And then defensive turret shooting at closest infantry unit. And I definitely, definitely took advantage of that. Uh Especially when infantry got wise and they started, you know, approaching my predators to try and, you know, either melt a gun them, multi melt a gun them, or anything like that. As soon as they got anywhere near me, I was unloading bell predator turrets. But I realized I don't want to spend last cannons on tactical sport marines, or you know, yeah. so I'm using my last cannons for the good stuff, and I'm using my turrets for. They walk right into that trap. Yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> every time, yeah. So, uh, battle sim definitely helps me. Uh, and, and it also like, I didn't realize the value of graviton gun land speeders. Yeah. The graviton, it's good at a lot of stuff you wouldn't think about the, and, and in battle sim, obviously there's not a lot of units. So you're getting a ton of reactions because you're not kind of limiting your reactions or like, the thing is, if I was my land speeders didn't dump a bunch of graviton because if I was going to be reacting, I wasn't reacting with my land speeders. Right. I'll just let them die. Like that's once they've done their job, they've made their points back. They killed a Kratos. Four four land speeders versus a Kratos. Mm. Mission accomplished, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm not I'm not reacting with them, but in battle sim, because it's kind of the only unit. I got to see what their peak potential was for max reaction. And that was return fire. That was overwatch. That was their normal fire. So I'm putting graviton down like crazy against Terminator. They're not vehicles. So they get to react with the multi-melter. And so they're just reacting with multi-melter, reacting with graviton gun. They're reacting, just unloading. Boom, 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 boom. So I've got graviton everywhere. And I kind of expected that to 
I, I was kind of misled by myself into thinking I was going to be putting Graviton everywhere. But then it's really it's three a turn is kind of like the max you're going to do because you're not you're not going to react with them. Right. And, and if you do, it's probably going to be for a very juicy tank and you're doing it for the multi-melta and not so much the... Yeah. Yeah. I'm not protecting them from a charge. I'd rather have you charge my outflanking. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather charge. I'd rather you charge my outflanking land speeders that have than probably go, already done their job. Than go anywhere near my my predators. Yeah. So, killer. But no, I was very happy with it. I was. I felt super comfortable with uh, with how I ran everything. You know, I, I felt super comfortable with my my spots in watch. I felt comfortable with my understanding how gets hot works. I understand how uh, uh, my my. I guess. I understood what rending meant versus what it portray like rending seems great what it feels like versus what it's actually like yeah yeah we it's like rending we got rending at home versus <laughs> like you know like uh rending is great it's not as good as you think it is but well, it's great so yeah what i think that is is we look back and we've had rending like ever since the like assault cannon on our box knots mm-hmm. back in high school Mm-hmm. And we, what we remember is every time that came in clutch and just like took down a land raider or something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. That's what we remember because that's that was the parts that stick out. What we don't remember is every time that that didn't happen. Yeah, no, it, it didn't happen a lot. Even if you have thirteen, actually twenty six assault cannons, it didn't happen a lot, <laughs> which I did have. <laughs> so. Yeah, because it, it's easy to think back, like, well, the assault cannon on my uh, metal box dread back in the day. That thing did some work. It took out this. It took out this. It took out this. And it's like, yeah, but that's going off of like years of like clutching it out. Telling you, dude. But like against contemptors and against Leviathans and against, uh, uh, I actually killed a fire raptor with, uh, uh, with my, uh, land speeders. I was like, it's twin link, baby. We're going to go for it. And I flew them right you next to that. I don't hit. It sure did. All it took was one. Yeah. So that's the thing of flyers, man. But it's it's one of those things where uh uh if you need sixes, man, fuck it. Just roll them because it's gonna be rending. Yeah. So but no, it was a good time all around. I was very happy to go to the event. Hell yeah. I look forward to any more events that are run like that. It was it was a great time. I had fun, I didn't even play. I just showed up and like hung out. So but no, I mean that's that is what I have. Yeah. It was a uh, long-winded me talking about <laughs> the event breakdown. The event breakdown. Hey, man, it was very thorough and in-depth. And, and the Airbnb we stayed at was lovely. Nice. We ate at a pizza place called, uh, uh, let me turn off my Discord notifications <laughs> on my phone. I'm going to fuck some people up. Uh, we ate a few places. Uh, we ate at this place called Ollie G's Pizza. It was delicious. And I think we had Chick-fil-A the first day. We had... Uh, it's like mall food court lunch. Yeah, but we also had this place... Uh, They've got a nice food court. Yeah. I'll say it. Yeah, I don't mind their food court one bit. It's not like... It doesn't have like a whole bunch of options, but what they do have is pretty good. It's hot as fuck up there, but... Oh, yeah. That's because they're like open sunlight with that giant skylight, but still pretty good. <laughs> but... I just remember we were there for uh, Port Ma and I went and I got some like Chinese food and I look and you're in line at a barbecue place and I'm like, oh, 
oh, I messed up, didn't I? And you just look over your shoulder at a sign that says brisket quesadillas. I'm like, oh, yeah, I messed up. They were good. They were <laughs> I definitely made a critical mistake here. Yeah. I, I would not mind going there again. I would not mind going to go play at that venue again. That battle pub is so fucking nice, dude. Oh, yeah. Those, those people are really cool. They they keep it stocked to the teeth. And they, 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 they I mean, get it. you know, I was talking with them and like they have like a whole back room dedicated to like their podcast area. But yeah. there's also like a live streaming area back there. So mm-hmm. like anybody can go in there and live stream and like, you know, just they're, they're really accommodating to kind of like a creators and, and creatives going oh, yeah. in there and taking advantage of some of that stuff that they offer. And there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. They wheel and deal too. They make, they, <laughs> they get you drunk to spend money, bro. It's dangerous. <laughs> uh, Shoot. I didn't even think about that. A uh, powerful, powerful Rexer's lasers was there as well. Yeah. The uh, cutting like uh movement trays for people. They were selling stuff like there at the event where they like had a uh, magnetic movement trays that they were laser cutting. And then uh, they also were selling uh, these hand porn like sixteen millimeter dice. Ooh. And uh, uh, the day one, I we we kind of saw them there, and it was a uh, they had these Texas dice, which you know everybody falls in love with the Texas dice. Oh, dude, you gotta! Uh, but we couldn't we couldn't break away from the event long enough before they took off, and then also. Uh, we had a tab open at the, at the pub, so we didn't have our cards on us. Uh, so that was uh, that was the that was the dice order that that I placed the other day was yeah. was for those Texas dice. I think I ordered eight sets from them for all all of the people in Victoria. <laughs> yeah, everybody just threw money in. So, but that's all I got, man. That, and I think that's all we got for the episode. You know, we're actually two hours in. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot else. Just kind of coming off of that and. We got speculating because they're supposed to drop the new data sheets for the tanks they upgraded the sponsons on. Yeah, I started reading the line book. Yeah, I hear it's good. It's super good, dude. It's super good. I'm a. Uh, uh, it's kind of like the lion, just like, oh, that sucks. You know, he's like not like this like total <laughs> dickhead. But like, what's crazy about it is the the actual author of the book. He kind of does like a lot of. Uh, uh, I guess like Primark realizing he's a Primark, which makes it kind of weird. Um, and this is Lion, Son of the Forest. Lion, Son of the Forest by Mike Brooks. And so like, it's like a lot of like stuff that's like, like an internal monologue from the lion's head. And like the lion knows he's a Primark. He knows he's like massive. And so like, there's stuff in the book where he's like, you know, he knows he's like this huge guy. And so he like distracts people with his like massive body. And so like he's, you hear his inner monologue as he's doing stuff. And he's like, he faints to the left using his massive form to distract the enemy, which goes away from the civilians. Cause he knows they're going to return fire on him and it'll be away from the civilians because they're going to aim at him yeah. and distract him. And there's a part in the book where they're talking about, uh, this guy says, you know, like, um, stay right there. And like the lion's internal monologue says, um, men who have power would rather have power than kill you. And so he knows this guy is going to reiterate that he needs to stay right there instead of actually shoot at him. And so he uses that to put 
close the gap between them. And the guy goes, I said, stay right. And by the time he like, even is reiterating that it's, he's dead. And so it's like, so like the lion knows that this guy would rather not kill him. And so like, it's all this like inner monologue stuff. And like a lot of the kind of like you get an idea of what happened at Caliban, like kind of like the big, like, fucky ducky you know like <laughs> oopsies we fucking killed each other our bad and a, a sitcom classic sitcom mix up yeah it, what, what's crazy is like he's like he talks about his uh like his sons this is how he refers to all the fallen like his uh his wayward sons is what he calls them and so like he knows that he fucked up like even immediately he meets up with the destroyer like immediately like looking straight up into the book and the destroyer just unloads on his ass like just on site just starts shooting yeah and he's like he's like hey what are you doing son why are you trying to shoot me why are you trying to shoot me he's like you ain't gonna hit me you see how fast I am? I'm a fucking lion. <laughs> fast as fuck, boy. I'm fast as shit. <laughs> it's like his reflexes are so quick. The destroyer is like, ah, oh, damn it. I'm on the ground. <laughs> like, so it's a great book. It's a great book so far. Uh, everybody in the discord was telling me that it's like basically it's like a heresy book, even though it's 40 K. It truly is like right now, as far as I think about five hours in he, uh, by the way, audiobook, obviously, you know, I'm audiobook guy. Oh yeah. Uh, but he essentially is like, there is no Imperium yet it is just a line right now. And is, uh, uh, him basically retaking an entire planet by himself. Nice. And it's pretty great. It's good stuff. A lot of 40 K stuff elements inside of it, as far as like chapters and all that stuff. And he's kind of like learning as he's going from this guy just who's reacclimating to the to the 40k universe yeah he's like uh every time they mention gilliman or guillemin he's like like bubble bubble he's like he's like yeah we're no more lo- we're no longer legions dad we're chapters now he's like, fucking given well, who decided that <laughs> oh, the, the lord commander of the imperium primark gilliman oh you're talking about rowboat <laughs> oh, stupid gilliman breaking up all the chapter what a stupid idea <laughs> stupid head <laughs> So. He thinks his ideas are so great. Even his fucking false he's, empire. He's been, he's been having terrible ideas since Imperium Secundus. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's a great book. I, without throwing too many spoilers out there, like, all the stuff I told you is not even, like, a... We're, like, two chapters in. Yeah, two chapters. It, it's it's great stuff. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it, man. I, I, would, I hope we see, like, cool stuff coming for the Fallen in 40K. We have to. they're just a footnote right now. Uh, well, I don't think it's going to be after this book because they are basically giving them a ton of clarity. It seems like they're just going to get reabsorbed back into the dark angels. Yeah. From where you're at in the book, from where I'm at in the book and every, every, all the fallen he's finding are like cool dudes. They're like, Hey dad, why'd you shoot at us? And he's like, Hey, I thought y'all are assholes. Turns out y'all aren't. You want to be friends? And they're like, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> hey, do you want to follow I'm your tired, part? I'm tired of running. <laughs> I'm <laughs> tired, boss. <laughs> <laughs> He's all... Uh, you want to follow the Primark like the good old days? There, there's one part they're like... Because like basically the destroyer that's in there, he's uh, uh, he's been like... Only been back for like 400 years because like the warp storm fucked him up. And so like... Yeah. All those 10,000 years after this. When Caliban broke, they got scattered through the warp, and the warp doesn't work normally with time. Yeah, yeah. So he's only like 400 years old. Uh, but the uh, uh, he's like, he's telling, uh, 
uh, he's telling Lion, he's like, he's like, yeah, man, uh, you would think this ten thousand year old grudge would have uh, <laughs> would have blown over by now. Nope. He's like, nope, I raised my sons right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, do we still hate the Space Wolves? <laughs> Those are my boys. And he's like, oh, keep it down. And it, it's it's so funny because uh, 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 apparently uh, Vince was telling me he'd read through it. Apparently there's some times where like the the line remarks like he kind of misses Russ. Yeah, he does. It's funny because the, the the basically this destroyer that he's walking around with right now, he keeps calling uh, all the new Dark Angels his little brothers. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess they technically are his little brothers, you know. He's like, yeah, he's like my wayward younger brothers, you know. <laughs> like, he's my my little big brother, my big little brother. Yeah, he's like three feet taller than me, but he's still a little baby. He's a little baby, itty bitty baby boy, <laughs> a little baby itty bitty brother. Ain't even grown out of diapers yet. <laughs> yeah. like, Fuck you, I'm a Terminator. <laughs> I'm a Primaris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they made my bones big. <laughs> They had to make me special power armor because I'm so big. <laughs> yeah, you little tyke. <laughs> I'm an eliminator. They gave me a special plasma. <laughs> Look at you, little centurion, you little fat boy. <laughs> you little fatty. You heckin' mega chonker. <laughs> oh, lordy coming. I love my big fat baby brother. <laughs> the centurion just in there. It's just a Mark Three Dark Angel, <laughs> just <laughs> the the OG like OG plastic Dark Angel. <laughs> like the, like the, the this is my little brother. He might not be the strongest, but he's 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 a good guy. He's, he's a little confused, but his heart's in the right place. <laughs> just a big special Centurion Dark Angel. He might be green, but he's black in the heart. <laughs> so. But all right, guys, we will let you guys go. Uh, if you have anything for us, let us know. Hell let, yeah, send it. 